Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Hi, I'm Charlotte. And I'm Helly, and welcome to Growth in Progress, the podcast where we have open and honest conversations about things that aren't usually discussed, but that can help us all to grow. In each episode, we spend some time catching up about what we've been up to recently and recommend something we've really loved from the past couple of weeks. And then we go on to discuss a topic that feels really relevant to whatever's going on right now. The sorts of things that a lot of people often think about, but don't necessarily have a conversation about. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to hit the subscribe button on whichever platform you're listening on. And if you could leave us a quick five-star review, we'd be really grateful. So, how are you doing, my love? Oh, I feel like I've got that post-bank holiday weekend blues, I feel like. Although it is nice to have a four-day week. I just feel totally lost with the days. I woke up and really thought it was Friday. And I thought it was Friday until about (laughs) 9am. And... Because I, I didn't see anyone, I didn't speak to anyone before then, so I didn't realise it wasn't. And it was a bit of a brutal awakening, to be perfectly honest. I'm like the opposite way, in my head it's still Wednesday. I mean, I could do with it still being Wednesday, but, you know. <laughs> oh dear, I did give blood over the weekend though, that was like my... I saw uh, this. That's how I chose to spend my bank holiday Monday. Wild. Questionable. Maybe. No, I did actually see our friend Becky as well, which was very nice. Although wouldn't recommend, I hope there's no doctors listening. I know this was a a bad life choice, but I did give blood and then go to the pub. I'm pretty sure you're not meant to do that. (laughs) Yeah, it says you're not. And I was like, it's it's just a couple of pints, surely. And then... What, of blood or beer? (laughs) A couple of pints of beer. But then I realised they take like half a litre of blood, which was more than I thought they took. (laughs) Oh my God. This is why we don't dispense health advice. I mean, this is my version of wild. There's people who are actually lead wild lives listening to me thinking, what a loser. I was in bed by nine o'clock the other night, so don't worry, hon. <laughs> I felt really smug that I was in bed before the sun had set. I was like, oh, look at me. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, sometimes the sky is still light at like quarter past ten. And then I feel like I'm in bed early. I know, but... I love it. It is wild. Um, what have you been up to? Not an awful lot. I got my nails done again, which is very exciting. And it's genuinely nice. the highlight of my life at the moment. Um, you know when you get on really well with someone and I get on really well with my nail artist and she's like very creative so we get to do some really fun things and it's just nice to bounce creative ideas off someone else. Do you ever get that with people who you don't like work with every day and that sort of thing? Yeah, it's like having a fresh pair of eyes, isn't it? And it's nice to consider something from a different perspective. Yeah, totally. But then other than that, I didn't do a lot over the long weekend. We did do the long walk, though, or the great walk. I can't remember which one it's called. If you're in... At Windsor? Yes. So we did it from... There's like a car park and we parked there and we did all the way to the castle, round Windsor, back up again, and it was beautiful. Like, we couldn't have asked for better weather. It was, it was like perfect for you. Yeah, like 22 degrees, sunny but not burn territory. Had plenty of SPF on, don't worry. Um, 
excuse me, and we just, it was just lovely to wander into town and see people walking around and playing tennis down by the castle and all that sort of thing. It felt normal. It felt like a proper British summertime had begun. I love that that's normal down there, playing tennis by the castle. Yes, I also saw several corgis and, I mean, they weren't the Queen's corgis, but they were very, very cute. <laughs> I've never been to Windsor. Would that me? You will no. love Windsor. Like, I just know you will. There are so many beautiful places. When you come and visit me, we'll have to go. But we'll have to go early in the morning because it gets busy. Yeah. <laughs> I would recommend it, though. If you're in the area or you just fancy, like, a slightly different walk, it's a very easy walk as well. Like, if you're not into big country walks and hiking and that sort of thing, but you want to get out and stretch your legs, it's a very accessible walk. Good if you've got, like, push chairs or bikes or wheelchairs or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, I always see it on the TV and think I would love to do that one day. Mm. When you come and visit, we'll do it. Speaking of recommendations, do you want to share yours this week? Yes, I have a TV show. Um, we have motored through so many more sitcoms. We are, well, I say we, I am a huge sitcom fan. Um, <laughs> they are my jam. But we were looking for a new one to start. We've watched The Office, we've watched Parks, we've watched Friends, obviously, and... I went onto Netflix the other day looking for one and I actually just hit the, you know the button on Netflix that you can press and it will just play something random that the algorithm thinks you're like. I we didn't did... know that that button existed, yes. but that sounds fun. It is quite fun. So we couldn't decide what to watch and Alex like, just press that and see what it recommends and we'll watch whatever it suggests. And it literally suggests anything from the entire catalogue of Netflix. We did it and Superstore came up and I've wanted to watch this for ages. Alex so it looked a bit crap. So obviously we're in the perfect position because like, well, we've got to watch it now. And it is great. I love it. Like it is a typical, it's that typical lighthearted sitcom thing of very easy watching. It's an ensemble cast, which I love. Mm. Um, and it's set in, it's a superstore called Cloud9, but I imagine it's set on something like Target or Walmart. Um, yeah. And it's about like a group of between like six and eight employees who and just like their day-to-day lives and working in the store and it's all like it's like any typical sitcom um but I don't know it's just really lovely it's that it's got a really diverse cast as well which is great to see they're very if you like Brooklyn Nine-Nine I think you'll like this because it's very um to the point like Brooklyn Nine-Nine is and yeah it's not it's not the funniest sitcom ever made but it does make me laugh and it is nice to watch something different in the evenings you know when you just need something easy to watch that you can relax in front of chill out it's our go-to show at the moment I've seen it advertised a few times I've not actually thought about watching it but I do like Brooklyn Nine-Nine so that makes me think that maybe I would enjoy it yeah and it stars America Ferreira as well who I really like um obviously a lot of people know her as Ugly Betty I know her from Sisterhood of the Travelling Pants um, <laughs> But I loved her in that, and she's great in this. She's just brilliant at her job. So, yeah, if you're looking for a new sitcom, just something light and easy to watch, I'd highly recommend. What have you loved in the past week, my love? Well, we're on a bit of a theme here, because mine is also a TV show, but it's excellent. very different. (laughs) So my recommendation is a TV show called The Pact, and it's been on BBC, and it's a six-part uh, series and they're all on iPlayer now so you can actually just go and binge them if you wanted to um, and it's set in Wales and it's kind of a 
you know how BBC and ITV they do these like crime drama series. Mm-hmm. It's one of those, yeah. but I absolutely like from the start. I was so captivated by it. So it's a young um, brewery boss who is killed, and four women who work at the brewery were the last people to see him alive. Um, but he's like he's just not a nice person. Like he does drugs. He's been very like inappropriate with a lot of members of staff and basically he's got a lot of enemies so then when the police are looking into it they're trying to figure out like who has done it but all of the women kind of have have some sort of secret and they they all think that possibly they have killed him but they don't know if they have or not because they didn't intend to um Anyway, I won't say any more because I don't want to give it away, but there's so many storylines and different elements of the plot that kind of all twist together. And one of the women is married to the police officer who's the lead in the investigation. And yeah, there's loads of really good kind of twists and turns. And the ending is really, really emotional. And it's the whole thing has a real overarching theme of kind of friendship and the lengths that you would go to for friends, like in even in the kind of wildest of of situations um which was another kind of really interesting aspect of it as well but would definitely recommend it only six episodes really really good if you like that sort of thing so i'm imagining a kind of broad church meets big little lies vibe kind of but welsh <laughs> okay <laughs> i mean it's just that whole like small community everybody yeah. knows everybody and yeah, there's a lot of obviously secrets and underlying plots, which are all end up that like you, you can't figure out how they're all going to tie together until the last kind of episode and a half where oh, things really that. start to link up. So yeah, it, it did stress me out at times just on the edge of my seat. And also, you know, when you just, you know, that something bad is going to happen or mm. <laughs> I get you, so stressed. Have you watched Safe? You have, haven't you? Um, I think I did. I, I felt like that watching remember. Safe and The Stranger. The Stranger, yeah. Oh, yeah, they're both the same, both on Netflix, yeah. Yeah, yeah they're both brilliant if anyone else wants to watch kind of that sort of thing. They yeah, are quite... phenomenal, but it was the whole time I was like, oh, my God, something bad's about to happen, something bad's about to happen. <laughs> yeah, and I love that kind of thing, and that's that's why I was like, have I watched it? Because I watched so many of them, and I don't know why I watch them, because they stress me out, but I also love them. So, yeah, definitely recommend. <laughs> I did finally get Now TV and sign up to it so that I could watch the Friends reunion. We won't discuss it again, but I bloody loved it. I was going to say, were you happy with it? (laughs) I felt so emotional. I had so many things to say. I just bloody loved it. You almost got a whole voice noted essay about it. Um, (laughs) You lucky thing. (laughs) But it was perfect. And I won't say any more because I don't want to ruin anything for anyone. Um, But yeah, it was exactly what I needed on a bank holiday Monday. But all of Criminal Minds is on now tv or i think it's called now now but anyway um and i was tempted to start watching it and i did think of you because i know you are the world's biggest criminal minds fan i have seen them all but i didn't know if i'd find it too scary to watch on my own some of them are a bit disturbing like quite some of them are quite freaky i will say that um but yeah i actually um, listened to the food medic after your recommendation last week what did you think I really enjoyed it. I listened to the episode on IBS, which... Really interesting, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so, so interesting. And the expert that she had on um, had a PhD and she was basically studying what the effects of prebiotics and probiotics were on people that had IBS. Yes, yes. 
It's really, really fascinating. And also I didn't realise that the NHS actually had classified IBS as something that was on the like gut brain axis. So there is like the actual recognition that IBS is influenced by um, like mental health and like stress and psychological factors as well. Yes, the gut brain axis is another thing that I find really interesting. Um, Mm. And Dr. Rangan Chatterjee talks about it on his podcast if you want to listen more to that. So I feel like our topic this week is is very current um, because we're actually recording this on Thursday just after the recent travel announcement here in the UK. And this week we are discussing responsible travel in 2021 and how we can all take a bit more responsibility for how how we do travel this year because I get that we all want a holiday and we all want that much needed getaway especially after the last year but there is still a global pandemic happening and if we are going to travel we need to find a way to do that responsibly not just for ourselves but the rest of the UK and the rest of the global population as well until there is more certainty around the pandemic situation. I couldn't agree more like literally this morning I text you saying, where can I go in the UK to just sit on a beach and read and relax and pretend I'm abroad? Um, And I'm definitely not the only one who is absolutely desperate to go away. But the changes we've seen in the past year and everything that's going on at the moment, traveling is a great privilege. And part of that is being responsible when you travel. Um, So we want to just spend some time today discussing the different ways you can be responsible when you travel this year and some of the alternatives if actually getting on a plane or going abroad right now isn't either accessible to you or you just don't want to because I think I can safely say we're both in that camp of Mm -hmm. we don't want to get on a plane right now (laughs) yeah definitely and I think it's so important to point out that as much as we're all desperate to go on a trip not every country is in the same position as us and it's easy Mm -hmm. it's easy to feel complacent about it because I mean, yes, there's a variant and I don't want to jinx it, but we are doing fairly well in the UK with the with the rollout of the vaccination. And I think it's easy to forget that other countries are, some countries are doing better than us and we don't want to jeopardise that. Some countries are doing a lot worse than us and they don't have the vaccination infrastructure in place. And that's a risk for us to travel to those countries. And it's a risk in case we bring something back to the UK. And I think people are very, very eager to get away, but it's easy to forget that the situation is just so varied everywhere. Totally. I get why everyone wants to get away. Um, we all feel like we need a break. And it's just having a change of scenery as well, isn't it? And having something to mm. look forward to. And especially for people who have, I mean, you fall into this camp of people who have loved ones who live, live abroad and you've been separated for longer periods of time. I completely get why people want to travel at the first opportunity. But I do think it's really important when we're thinking about traveling that if it is abroad we're asking those questions of like okay why are we going what are we going to do when we're there to make sure we don't contribute to the spread and how can we make sure that we're being safe and that we're allowing other communities to be safe and doing it in a way that also isn't going to break the bank because getting tested to go abroad is expensive especially if you're going for like a long weekend a lot of these trips became so popular because they were cheap to do like cheap flights to Europe for a weekend in Sicily whereas if you're adding a couple of hundred pounds on for testing 
there's that element of what as well of like is this actually even a responsible decision for me as an individual to make aside from the health risks oh yeah I think looking at it from that angle of whether it's financially responsible is I mean I, I get that it's a travel is a privilege like you said but this adds a whole new financial angle I mean even if you're going to a a green list country and you need that what the pre-departure test which is what, 20 or 30 quid and then a PCR when you return already you're looking at kind of 100 to 150 quid per person in your family so if you're a family of four you can add 400 500 pounds onto that and that's mm. not even including any requirements for the country that you're going to so if you're going somewhere that requires a PCR on arrival that's an extra 100 120 quid per person to add again and I do think we'll get to the point where it is just a, a factored in cost of going on holiday. I think like we're, we're going to have to live with COVID for a while, but I think it is a real important factor to consider before you, you kind of just book one of those £10 flights on a whim. Yeah, completely agree with you. And also the time it takes to get that done and the added stress. And I think this is a really personal thing and everyone will have a different take on it, but I think a lot of people will be on in a similar position to you and I where the idea of actually traveling abroad right now is very intimidating and stressful and whilst I might feel great when I'm on the beach and the sun's shining and I can have an Aperol and all of that the process of getting there and having to either quarantine or self-isolate for a few days after I've had my tests and waiting for the test results back that in itself is a stressful situation to be in. Yeah, I mean, so, even with me and Taylor being in completely different places, we've not planned anything. Like we, even though it's obviously horrible being apart, we've not planned anything. We've not even looked at flights. We're not trying to arrange a time for us to be together because it is such a stressful process and things can change so quickly as well. And I think that's something really important to factor in, especially if you do... I was thinking if country changes from, say, green list to amber list, all of a sudden that means you need to self-isolate for 10 days when you return. Another consideration is do do you have the time off work? If you're back in the office or you work um, on site somewhere, do you have the holiday time to give up another 10 days to be able to self-isolate? That's another thing that we now have to consider because things are changing so quickly. Yeah, exactly. You kind of have to sadly prep for the worst case scenario. And actually, there are so many great ways that you can travel without having to go abroad and you can stay within your country and do it. That I think that's that's where I want to focus my kind of traveling excitement and trip planning over the next kind of six to 12 months. Because even if you don't want to stay overnight somewhere or go away for a couple of days, even just like staying within your local area and doing all the things you'd normally do on holiday, like going out for dinner or trying out a bar or doing like a walking tour or just those general touristy activities is a really great way to feel like you're traveling and experiencing somewhere new and getting to know somewhere new without all the stress and cost of actually going away. Yeah I think it's easy for a lot of people in the UK I feel like we tend to dismiss going on holiday in the UK as just Mm. not there's nothing to do or we it hasn't got the beaches that we want and things like that but actually the the UK in my opinion is massively underrated and there's a lot of amazing beaches there's a lot of amazing cities to explore there's so much beautiful nature and I think you can still 
you can still have a real that kind of novelty feeling of a holiday without having to get on a plane and, and go abroad I think even if you perhaps if you do something that you would never have usually done like pay for a nice spa hotel or maybe go camping maybe you wouldn't camp but I realized they're two different ends of the spectrum but there's something completely different which will make you feel like you're like give you that holiday feeling that I think people are craving it's also so good for the local communities as well to be supporting their like yeah uh, to be supporting their businesses etc because when you think of okay there are towns and cities abroad that rely on tourism that's also the case in the UK particularly seaside towns and um, smaller towns and cities they need tourists to be able to survive especially in the summer so you can still play that part within the economy but you don't have to go as far and it's also that there's also so many places that are lovely where you can if you do want to they said stay overnight camp get a hotel get a and b there are so many cute unusual places as well you can stay in the uk like shepherd's huts and um oh what are they called winnebago's and stuff like that that you can hire Mm. for like a couple of nights and yeah it's a bit more expensive than just like pitching a tent but again if you're not paying for the cost of going abroad you could do something cooler in the uk and really explore somewhere more local that actually in an average year you might not think about because you're you are thinking like I'd rather go to Italy or the Caribbean or Canada or somewhere like that and there will be a time when we can do those things again and it is much easier and it's a much more kind of streamlined process than what we're kind of used to and so I sort of feel like all the time that that isn't the case let's make the most of what's on our doorstep. Yeah and I think it's nice if you can set that if you would normally set a holiday budget set it for something here in the UK so you Mm. will spend that money on those maybe more unique places to stay or kind of touristic experiences that you wouldn't have spent money on but I do feel like 2021 is the year of the road trip and I think especially because the benefits of a road trip are that you're in your own vehicle you're naturally socially distanced you can stay within within the UK driving on the left-hand side of the road, you're in your own vehicle or you can rent a vehicle, but you're comfortable in your own space. You can kind of set your own rules with how much you want to interact with people and where you want to stop on the way. And it just means that you can travel at your own pace and see things that you probably wouldn't have seen otherwise. And I mean, Scotland is definitely getting more popular. Scotland and Cornwall, I feel like half the UK is in one and half is in the other at the moment. But that's because those places are people in the UK have never really rated them for what they really are and that is a really great holiday destination in the UK. Mm, I couldn't agree more I feel like you and I are the biggest advocates for road trips because not only is it a great way to actually save money because normally you'd be spending money on train tickets or buses or planes or whatever but you do have so much flexibility and it also means if you go somewhere and you don't love it just drive on to the next place there's always somewhere down the road you can go to and like you said it gives you that flexibility in terms of how much you want to interact with people how much money do you want to spend because you might and this is kind of what we're thinking we won't spend everything we'd normally spend on a holiday this year we'll save some of it for a trip next year but we'll we'll still spend a portion of it Mm -hmm. so it feels a bit like you've got the best of both worlds so you can say actually we're going to take food in the car we're just going to have snacks on the road and then you can have like a nice meal out one night or you can go for drinks you can do an activity it is such a flexible way to travel and I just 
I love a road trip. And they're fun. Like, you just get to they chat are. the whole time and laugh. And, like, some of my favourite memories with you are on our road trips. Like, they're just so much fun. Plug in your own playlist. Mm-hmm. Oh, love it. Although I feel like, and we probably should have mentioned this earlier under kind of the things that you need to be considering now, but when you're talking about costs there, another really big factor that I think a lot of people are probably a lot of people are probably forgetting is travel insurance because the amount of people and I know so many people go abroad and don't take out travel insurance and maybe you could get by when you were traveling before and when you'd hop over to Europe on those long weekend trips and things like that but the reality is now if you don't have travel insurance in place you could you could be screwed like Mm -hmm. if if you go abroad and you catch COVID, because this is the other issue as well, a lot of places don't have the infrastructure that we have here in the UK with the NHS and the quality of medical care. Yeah. If you go somewhere abroad and you fall ill and you don't have travel insurance, one, that's going to cost you so much and your ability to get home is going to be so difficult. And then two, if they don't have that infrastructure to properly take care of you, your long-term health and your recovery is at so like such a huge risk. Mm. And I think people, I mean, there are travel insurances that cover COVID, but it's definitely, if you have one in place already that, I don't know, a lot of people get them with banks and stuff like that, check if it covers pandemics because a lot of them don't. And again, Mm -hmm. that's another benefit of traveling in the UK that you can, well, still take out travel insurance if you're leaving your home, but you, you have that reassurance of having the NHS and the infrastructure and yes what we have around us is so undervalued but in this in this global situation it is really really important to consider that I mean I feel like we could do a whole podcast on why you should always have travel insurance and you should get your travel insurance as soon as you book your holiday yeah not when you're about to board your flight I have been guilty of it once or twice but you should always always have travel insurance it's so important um yeah but particularly now you're right like it is another thing to consider and whilst you don't want to be planning a trip or a holiday and thinking oh what if it is important to think about it because particularly when you're traveling spending like the 10-15 minutes to think it like think that plan through like okay am I covered if this or that happens can save you so much time and money and stress as well yeah and especially if you if you have kids or if you're traveling with elderly relatives it's it's fine if you're one person and you, you make the decision to not yeah. take out travel insurance because that's on you. But if you're traveling with other people who are a higher risk category, especially during times of COVID, that's that's going to have a really significant impact if someone does fall ill. I think the other thing that is really important to kind of keep in mind in terms of responsible travel, I know we've touched on it a bit already in terms of like financially being responsible with travel, but COVID has given us the opportunity to reset so many things and so many of our attitudes. I hope now that that mentality of everyone on the internet jetting off to the Maldives every other week and going on holiday five or six times a year and being in the best resorts and spending loads and always flying first class, I really hope we can take a bit of a break from that because I think it creates a real pressure to keep up and do things in a certain way that maybe don't feel particularly authentic to you, but do have a huge cost implication. Like the way that we see travel on the internet isn't always actually very realistic at all. Um, Mm. And that's why obviously, obviously you do this a lot. Like this is your whole thing of like affordable travel and accessible travel. And there are so many people in the space doing that so well. And I think it's really important. And 
in our rush to start exploring the world again we just kind of want to say like you don't have to keep up it's not a competition to see how many countries you can visit or how many planes you can get on in a year and yeah that's a big part of being responsible when you travel is making sure that you're not harming anywhere else but also you're not harming yourself in other ways as well yeah I do think now is there's a real time and a real opportunity now to make those more um like sustainable travel changes I think for like the long term so Mm -hmm. if you've if you've been aware that maybe the way you travel is not very sustainable and maybe needs some changes in terms of how I don't know carbon footprint or how ethical it is I think now is an opportunity really for everyone to be able to reevaluate that a bit yeah it's definitely finding a balance isn't it like oh yeah the, the best possible thing to do for the environment would be literally never travel and never get on a plane and all that but that in itself means that we have to sacrifice a lot Mm -hmm. and we also all have a right to enjoy our lives but you can still do things in a way that doesn't cause as much harm and is more mindful and just considered I think that's the key thing isn't it yeah yeah definitely um I would also really recommend following the cheap holiday expert on Instagram because she's really great at breaking down kind of all the government jargon and the costs of everything and she puts it into really helpful infographics um for mostly for traveling abroad so if it is something that you're really kind of set on doing this year she provides a lot of very realistic information about what is actually possible and what kind of the the cost implications are going to be and also the the travel implications for you and your travel party as well um so yeah would definitely recommend giving her a follow we hope that you have found this week's episode useful, whether you're planning on traveling abroad this year or whether you're just staying local to home. As ever, you can get in touch with all your recommendations with the contact details that are in the show notes. And we've also got both of our websites linked there. And if you go over to Helly's, you'll get tons of travel guides for the UK and how to plan your perfect road trip and all of those sorts of things. So do go and check that out. We will speak to you next week. In the meantime, please stay safe as always. And we will speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.